Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. This month is a very special and important month. And if you get what we're about to teach or what we've started teaching, we're going to see more miracles in our midst. You see, in my experience as an itinerant minister, I go from place to place with the same grace, with the same teaching, with the same charismatic training, but I see the manifestations of the Spirit in different dimensions. And I've discovered why. The amount of grace you will see in every assembly depends on two things. The love that the people have for each other and the honor they have for their ministry gift. It's so important. I mean, literally, by us growing our compassion, just walking in the compassion of God for each other, we're going to see the flow of the Spirit more. And there's a consciousness you must have in the Word of God. You, you, you need to. The Bible talks about renewing your mind. Renewing. Sometimes you think you understand. But the more you study the Word of God, you get inculcated into the culture of the Word. There is, the, there is a culture in the kingdom. There is a way to see things. A perspective in God. A way to... To, to discern the person seated by your side. Christianity, like it's often called, is not like any other religion. In fact, it's not a religion at all. Hallelujah. I want to read something to you. I think I read it on Tuesday. But I want it to infuse in you a consciousness. The person here is talking about prayer, but you're going to see prayer from a different perspective. Hallelujah. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees. He's talking about prayer. Listen, Muslims bow to. Buddhists bow to. But this is a different perspective. He says, I bow my knees to who? To the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So, this is family business. I know it's devotion. I know it's, you can call it religious devotion. But this is a family affair. The person I'm talking to is my daddy. Listen, this is a consciousness to have. He's the head of a spiritual family. And listen, he's not the only person in that family. He says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So I have siblings here on earth. Some of them I might never meet. But everyone who is in Christ is a member of my family. Do you know that? And those who are already in heaven are members of my family. Hallelujah. He says, I bow my knees. 
to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. What a consciousness. Maybe we need to study this concept of church better. Maybe it's deeper than we realize. For him to say, I'm bowing my knees to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So when I'm praying, I'm so conscious of my belonging to a family that it pops up in my devotion, and I know, listen, my family is big. I have so many siblings. It's a consciousness. Hallelujah. The Greek word is ecclesia. Ek means called out. Lysia means gathering, meaning a lot of people, their, their, their definition and their revelation of Christianity is ek, ilum. <laughs> He has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. He has called us out. But he has called us out into a gathering, a consciousness of our belonging to a family. So listen, when I have a relationship with Jesus Christ, automatically I have a relationship with everyone else who is in him. You can't separate it. I told you on Tuesday... If you don't like my wife, there's a limit to how close we can be. No matter how we rule. Some of you, I'm sure David understands what I'm saying. Where's David? <laughs> oh, Borrow, where are you? I should see your wig from here. Oh, wiggy, 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 wiggy. Just don't mind me, I'm playing. Just joking this morning. Hallelujah. So you cannot claim to love the Lord and not love his family. They both go hand in hand. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15, Colossians chapter 1 verse 4. You, you see that repeated in virtually every epistle that Paul wrote. Faith in the Lord Jesus will always be followed by love for the saints. In fact, John concludes, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, anyone who claims to be in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. I can conclude that you are not born again if you lack sensitivity to your brother or sister in Christ. Is that serious? Because it's a litmus test. Hallelujah. So maybe this thing is deeper. And, and I told you on Tuesday, Jesus made us realize how deep this stuff is. It's really deep. In Luke chapter 11, verse 27, Jesus is preaching. You can imagine how astonished, how fascinated people were listening to Jesus. He was such a good preacher. He spoke like, like one who had authority, the Bible says, not like the Pharisees and Sadducees. So he's preaching with authority, with accuracy. People are, um, are amazed. And whilst he's talking, someone interjects in the crowd, a lady, and says, Blessed is the womb that bear thee, and the breast that bear thee suck. So now she's saying, You are such an anointed man of God. Whoever gave birth to you is so blessed. Strictly speaking, what she said is not wrong. In fact, it's not different from what the angel Gabriel said. He said, blessed are you amongst women. 
The mere fact that you carried the Messiah, you gave birth to him, you, you were the channel through which he was born, makes you blessed. But Jesus said, oh, are you with me? Luke chapter 11, 27, let me read verse 28 to you. He said, more than that, meaning what you said is correct, but more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So listen, if you're a child of God and you hear the word of God, you are a student of the word of God, you have as much claim to Jesus, if not more, than Mary. Mary cannot consider herself to be more privileged than you are. This is how serious our union with Christ in his word is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Imagine what she went, to, went through. Nine months. But you say, the moment I hear the word of God and believe it, she can't claim to be more privileged than I am. Because as blessed as she was to be the vehicle through which Christ came into the world, if she didn't believe on that Christ, she still won't be saved. Hallelujah. This is so important. Elsewhere in Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, the Bible says Jesus was talking to the multitude. And then his brothers and mother came to see him. And so someone told him and said, hey, your mother and brothers are out there waiting to see you. Do you know that in Jesus' earthly ministry, you never really saw his mother or brothers in any of his meetings? Are you aware? You never really saw them. In fact, texts like John chapter 7 verse 5 suggests almost conclusively that they didn't really believe in him. You know, the familiarity is, is difficult. Hallelujah. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, when he was raised from the dead, one of the first places he visited was his biological family. Showed himself alive. It was after then you now saw Mary and the brothers of Jesus in the upper room waiting to receive the Holy Ghost. It was after then that they believed. Hallelujah. So now this is Jesus' biological family. They are seeing him doing ministry. They're just like, well, our, our boy is doing well. You, you get that kind of mindset. Our boy is doing well. And this is Jesus with another set of people. They will follow him for days without eating just to hear him and to see the miracle he does. And they say, your mother and brothers are here waiting for you. You know his reply? <laughs> this is one of the statements that made Jesus controversial. Hallelujah! The Bible says he stretched out his hand towards his disciples. Let me start, let me start from the, the sentence before that. The Bible says, but he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother? Such a question will already get you in trouble in an African home. <laughs> it already is finished. No church program that day again. <laughs> he said, who is my mother? Hallelujah. 
and who are my brothers? He stretched out his hand towards his disciples. Here is my mother and brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Hallelujah. So I have more claim to the brotherhood in Christ than the people who grew under the same roof. Are you getting this? Have you heard the saying, blood is thicker than water? Well, he shed blood for us. It turns out we just may have more in common than your biological siblings. And by divine design, the deepest and closest relationships in your life are meant to be in Christ, except your siblings and your family members are in Christ. Did you hear what I just said? Your, by divine design, your deepest relationships are meant to be in Christ. I said it on Tuesday. I don't like to say stuff like this, but it's true. Cultists understand what I'm saying well. The moment they enter, they, they, they're not closer to any family member than they. That's their brotherhood. They defend themselves, stand for each other, provide for each other. Do you understand what I'm saying? If people serving Satan can understand that, how much more we, the real members of his spiritual family, maybe there is a lot more we have to learn. You know, you know how many people join church today? You just say, guy, you need to come to my church. If you not come to my church, if you hear music, you think I've heard music, come and hear music. So you don't come again. You say, come, I'm not joking. And so you show up, and then through to it, you see the lights, you see the stage, you're everything perfect, and you're like, oh, man, awesome night. And then they say, next week, we'll have another program, Jesse Suya Night. You know? And then you go for that also. Now it's a big church. Maybe when they even say, first time I stand up, you don't stand up. So now you've been attending the church for two years. You don't know anybody. Nobody knows you. You go through tough times by yourself. You go through great moments by yourself. This is not church. This is not church. Church is not the place where you see other people listening to gospel music. You've been called into a family. You have to understand this. God does not want you to do this Christian journey by yourself. It's not his design. There is something called body of Christ. Have you heard of it before? I don't know if you've, maybe you've seen it written somewhere or you've heard someone say body of Christ. You know what body is? So he wants you to see you, see yourself as a part of a whole. Hallelujah. This is crucial. If we understand this, we will halt the plans of the devil against the church. I mean, some of the plans, 50% of the attacks will cease immediately. 
immediately we just start caring for each other and loving each other. Do you know how serious this is? In Mark chapter 10, verse 29, Jesus said something. He said, I say to you assuredly, anyone who has lost house or brother or sister or wife or husband for my name's sake shall reap a hundredfold in this lifetime and in that which is to come. You know what he's talking about? By the way, this text has been abused, but listen to the proper interpretation. He's talking about persecution. He mentioned persecution, by the way. He was talking about persecution. You know, there are people, maybe a, a lady from a Muslim home who finds faith in Jesus, and she says, I'm a believer, and the father says, you're a believer, I disown you. He says, the moment such a person is disowned, there are 100 other fathers ready to receive. It says, that's how committed to each other we are meant to be. And they say, oh, so the, you are doing born again, Nabi. I won't pay your fees again. We say, oh, don't pay it. 100 people are volunteering. Pastor, can I pay? Pastor, can I pay? I say, mm, okay, you people share it. Do you understand what I just said? It says, that's the kind of bond we ought to have. That if you are kicked out of the house 2 a.m., there are at least six homes you can go to impromptu. Knock. And the person is reluctant who is this 2 a.m. The moment they hear your voice, they jump up. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I put out something on my social media, Instagram to be precise. A prayer and a prophecy that few months from now, God will plant you amidst solid supernatural relationships, people who will pray for you, be there for you, you know, and that all your life, that will be your testimony. You will know that you are surrounded with the right people. Hallelujah. And if you're a member of this church, the way I see it, that prayer is answered in your life already. One gift Celebration Church has always had is the right people. I don't, I don't know how. We always attract the right people. Even when churches talk about, oh, in every church, the instrumentalists always give problems. Our instrumentalists don't give us problems. Lagos and Abuja, they don't. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Great people. Great people. By the time we were in Abuja, four months, I just looked around. The amount of people that we're already so close to, it's amazing. It's just, it's just the grace on our life. Praise the name of Jesus. So if, if you want good friends, this is a good place to start. Your, your best friends should be here. Best friends. Hallelujah. Some of you, this idea might be difficult for you because maybe you had a rough upbringing. You don't even know what it means to belong to a family. You, you have gone through so much, you are used to being independent. Hallelujah. Have you seen people... The moment you are getting close to them, they, be, they start 
they become frantic, uncomfortable, as if <laughs> there's something wrong. Have you seen people like that? You just want to be there for them. Their alarms go off. They're not used to it. Some people are not. Have you seen people that... <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you see, it's still God's idea for you. You renew your mind. You, re you renew your mind. You Even if you're learning afresh what brotherhood is, you learn it here. Hallelujah. You start learning accountability. I'm traveling, and I tell brethren, okay, I'm, I'm traveling. Okay, I have this project. Please pray along. It's accountability. Accountability. You start learning it. The other set of people who might find it difficult are people who have seen all kinds of churches and pastors. <laughs> Hallelujah. A pastor friend was telling me, a first-timer, you know, looked at him and said, the service was nice, but I think you people are all the same. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I was telling him, first-timer feedback. Well, you people are all the same, so I will just watch and see. So I'm watching you. You know, and, and it, you can't really blame them. They've been hurt so much. They're suspicious. They're suspicious. <laughs> ah, all kinds of things. All kinds. And I'm not even going to give examples. But you see something about God. His idea is still his idea. His plan is still his plan. No experience will justify your being alone. No experience will ever justify it. So your response to being through many bad churches is not to now keep to yourself. It's to look for a better church. Not to keep to yourself. Not to stay at home and say, ah, it's me and God. Me and God. It's God. You want him more, you know? No such thing. Can I tell you something? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are still good pastors. There are still good churches. You know, and just when, like Elijah, you're like, I'm the only one, is it? There are 7,000 others. Trust me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory be to God. I remember when, you know, I was teaching some things, especially extremes of the prosperity gospel and all of that. I believe that God blesses, but by the time you begin to say, if you don't tithe, the devourer will devour you. I said, that's not my God. It's not true. I hope there's nobody here who believes it. That God will see robbers coming to your house, and he wants to send angels to protect you. And I say, oh, let's quickly check the record. Oh, I keep telling these children. Now we have to stand and watch. You know, that, that's not my God. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching that far back as 2014. That's not really far back, you know. I didn't know any other Nigerian preacher preaching that at the time. And there was a bit of ego, like, word, we get this word. <laughs> Until I began to find other people. I found one man, you know, I saw someone's 
teaching, 2003. See, calm down. <laughs> Do you understand? You might say, all churches are, are the same. It's not true. It's not true. And God's plan and his idea remains his plan and his idea. I said in the first service, you see, following God is like softening the ocean. You don't determine when the wave will come. You don't try to generate the wave. What you do is you get dressed and you hold your bird and you wait for it. When you see the wave, you glide with it. That's how God is. He won't bend his principles to yours. He won't change his idea. Hallelujah. Forever. Association is his will. Association in Christ. Forever. That's never going to change. Praise the Lord. So we renew our minds. We renew our minds. But by the time you let experiences to affect you so much, you step out of divine order. And by the time the way you are insisting on going on in your life is contradicting God's provision in his word, you, will just, you just find that you are always out of favor and you don't know why. Because there is something I call the order of the blessing of God. There is a way things ought to be done. A way things ought to be done. You can't go on that way. You can't say, you know, some people, you dated two men, they broke your heart. You start, you go on Twitter, men has come. What's wrong with you? And not serious relationships, secondary school relationship. <laughs> it's, it's the people that have not gone through anything that, you know. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there was a month, there was a week last month. One of the most terrible periods in my life ever last month. <laughs> We have the victory. Don't worry, I will tell you the story later. Hallelujah. It looks like, it was, it was as if, you know, Job, when Job is somewhere, they say, your business here has crashed. Your this here has, is on fire. Everything, you, do you understand? That morning, he called me. One of your daughters is in Lekki. She's about to kill us. Ah, ah, I said, what is going on? You know, and, and Yes, we, we have the victory in Christ. You know, I, I said, put the phone on speaker. She said, she doesn't want to talk to you. So I said, you don't want to talk? I said, put the phone on speaker. Put the phone close to her in the name of Jesus. You know, she, she fell under the power, so they carried her to the car, carried her to the hospital. And I was seeing miracles, but I was just like, what is going on in this period? Another one will call me. Hey, my Then in that period... I was weak from praying. I couldn't pray. My body was weak. Just praying for people. People that I care about, things will happen. Then someone now sent me a message. Someone I love, by the way. He was going out and someone bashed his car. He now sent me the photo. He said, Pastor, am I cost? Why am I going through so much in life? I don't look at him there. I couldn't reply. I, it took me 12 hours to reply. I was just... Ah. 
I, I was shocked. A bash joker. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This was one month after custom seized my SUV, and I had to pay 700K to bring it out. They bash your car, you say you are cost. You don't understand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what I'm saying. Christians of our day, they need to build fortitude. It's like, hallelujah. It's, it's like, they, I don't know, it's Indomie Christianity. Your phone screen broke and you think, you're now wondering, is there God? Is there, yeah. Those are the kind of things that happen in our day. If there's God, where was he when my phone fell down? Those are the kind of things I hear. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> Let me show you something about God's order. Genesis chapter 1. Let's start from the very beginning. All right. I wish I had more time for this, but I'm just going to. I mean, the choir has taken all the time, so I'll just do what I can and go. <laughs> Genesis chapter 1 verse 11. I asked the, first, the people in the first service to do this. So let me, let me try. How many trees do you think there are on earth? There's someone said three trillion, and I say it makes sense because we're talking about trees, so trillion, you're that range, you know? And God is not surprised that there are so many trees. It was his plan. But guess what? He did not create trillions of trees at the same time at the creation of the world. How many human beings are there on earth. That one you should have a better idea. How many? Well, more than seven billion. We don't really know because in, in, like in a country like Nigeria, we will never know. They say we're 120 million, they're 150 million, but I believe Lagos alone should be more than 120 million. <laughs> Why is there always traffic? I mean, there's no way Lagos is less than 100 million. No way. <laughs> Or should he alone you be 20 million? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm just playing. But guess what? God did not create billions of people. This is the way God functions. Hey, this is the order of divine blessing. Follow me. If you learn this, it's going to change your life. So now he wants to create plants, and this is what he says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. It says, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb yielding seed. So right from the inception, the technology for that plant to reproduce itself was already there. So not only am I creating the plants, the plant must yield seed. Oh, praise God. What if I told you that every blessing of God has inherent ability to reproduce itself? If you understood this, envy will cease. 
Because whatever you were trying to compete with can impart you. I'm telling you. Let me not get ahead of myself. So now, he wants to create man. And he says, let us make, the English Bible says, man. The Hebrew says, Adam. Because Adam is the Hebrew word for man. Adam was not the name of the first man. Adam means mankind. The first man was not named. He had no name. He had no name. His name was mankind. They called him mankind. Because God wanted to create an entire human race and made one man. And started calling him mankind. That's the way he sees it. Because through procreation, every one of us was going to be birthed. And so, by creating that one man, wisdom had been catered for, Kemi had been catered for, Pastor K had been catered for. Every one of us was going to come through that one man. And God did not wait for all of us to be birthed from that one man to call him mankind. One man was called mankind. You need to understand. So there are people that God raises and puts on them a generational blessing. Do you understand what I'm saying? And they are carrying a blessing for their generation, and it's just going to spread, and it's just going to spread. And so when you see the flower, and you like it, don't pluck it. If you take the seed, you can replicate every beauty that you see in it the exact same way. No business has ever become a mega success without making other businesses successful. It's, this is the order of the blessing of God. That if you become the most successful builder in the world or in Nigeria, you're building many estates. The, the cement factory that you patronize will be successful because of you. You can never become a mega success financially without making other people rich along the way. So now, you know the problem with many people in our generation? We are trying to pioneer where we should be partnering. It's, it's, this is the order of the blessing of God. That everywhere I see a blessing, by God's design, that blessing is meant to birth several others. And so if I'm with you, and the blessing is on you, I'm not going anywhere. Except I have a specific word that the blessing is on me too. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is God's plan. When he has a plan for an entire generation, he will pick one man. When it was time to spread... For the gospel to spread, same thing. He picked Abraham. He said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. He said, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So when it's time, don't start saying, God, bless me directly. I want a direct blessing. You are being proud and arrogant. God raises people for people. There are people that have a deposit of knowledge for your benefit. You will never receive a dollar from heaven directly. Every money you will ever touch is in someone else's hand currently. 
Ah, are you listening to me? Relationships, association is God's idea, God's idea of nature, God's idea in the kingdom. But if you don't understand it, you will fight the people God has ordained to bless you. Can I tell you something? Many people still don't understand the story of Joseph. If you look at that story critically, you may conclude that God loved the brothers of Joseph more than Joseph. But when your brother comes to tell you, I saw in a dream all of you were bowing to me, including daddy and mommy. You get angry. And you're like, what kind of dream is this? Why would God put our younger brother above us? And all of that. And you are jealous. And you try to kill him. Not knowing that if you killed him, you would have killed yourself. The reason why Joseph went through all he went through is so that when there is a famine... It will so happen that in the only place in the world where there is food, your brother is in charge of the food. When God was promoting Joseph, he had his brothers in mind. Listen, don't kill the people God is promoting for your sake. So who enjoyed more? Do you know what Joseph went through? Sold through slavery, put on a stage, Stripped naked, they were prizing him. So 50 naira, 50 naira going, going. 100 naira, 100 naira anybody? Any big, bigger offer? You know, they sold him like a, like, a, like a piece of furniture. He went to be a houseboy somewhere. Rose up the ranks. Ended up in prison. Went through all of that. Quite all right, he's the prime minister now. But the brothers never went through any trying time. The moment there was a famine... It so happened that their brother was in charge of the food. Do you understand what I'm saying? Who did God love more? If you want to make an argument for God loving anybody more, what did the brothers go through in life? That person that is, going, that is experiencing strange fever that you are envying, looking at their Instagram, you know? <laughs> You never can tell. Maybe it is for your sake. Just maybe. Listen, if they had killed Joseph, they had died. They didn't know. If they killed Joseph, they killed themselves. Because the famine would have come, they would have been hungry, they would have all died. Not knowing that the person that they killed God was only promoting him to preserve them. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is the order of God. If God loved Joseph so much, why didn't Christ come from his lineage? Christ didn't come from the lineage of Joseph. Came from the lineage of Judah. Are you with me? Are you seeing what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to undermine Joseph and all of that. Everyone, you know, whatever responsibility and privilege the Lord has given you to serve, you serve and go. But if... You know, you are Joseph's brothers and, you're, and you are thinking, oh, God is doing favoritism. You never knew. Hallelujah. The person you are envying. You know, you never really know who is successful until the end. 
until the end. And you know the, the funny thing about our world? <laughs> we forget easily. In your class, you may be champion. Ah, she had another five points. Ah, 4.9. Six years after graduation, nobody cares 5.4.9. What are you doing? What, how well are you doing? What have you done with the five points? And I'm not saying that to, do you understand? But people forget. Praise the Lord. You only know who is successful at the end. So when God wants to use people to bless you, be open to it, be humble, celebrate it. Because it's God's order. And when you are lot, and you are going with Joseph, and you are and you're going with Abraham, I beg your pardon, and your resources begin to multiply, don't get carried away. Oh. Eh? It is not you that God called, it's Abraham. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. God has just ordained that your destiny will be in partnership and in service to this guy, which is not bad. Praise the Lord. Do you know it is after the fall that this individualistic mindset came? Cain, where is your brother? I'm my brother's keeper. All man to himself. It is a symptom of the fall. Otherwise, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to say, I was great and I raised other people up. But Paul said in the last days, Men will be unthankful. People don't want to be thankful to anybody. Have you seen people, you do something for them, you say, is it because of this one thing that you are shouting? People don't want to be thankful to anyone. You will see someone who can help you, you know, in the university. The Lord told us to publish. We're publishing devotionals, books, and all of that. By my final year, we had about 100,000 copies in print. I had learned all the lessons. Knew all the major places printing was done in Nigeria. I had gone to the presses myself, gone to Mushi, carried devotionals on bike. From, there was a day I entered the bike from VGC to Kenaland, VGC to Ogun State. By the time I got there, the sand on my face was like foundation, you know? <laughs> Those female foundations are very thick. It was strong. It was like cement. Been through a lot. And then after, despite the wealth of experience, someone else wanted to print and did not ask me and made the same mistakes I had been making. So I was now like, okay, what was the problem? You didn't just want to say, oh, I want to print. How do I go about it? That was all I was had. Now you run, it, run at a loss. You didn't sell copies because you won't ask. Especially in Africa, we don't like to just ask for help. What is the problem? Praise the Lord. Do you know how many cinemas in this country who have done church? No, not many, but at least they, they're... 
many managers, I have their numbers, direct line. Do you understand? And there, there's someone who, in fact, it made me respect him more because he's like a mentor. You know, he mentored me in secondary school in the university. And they wanted to use a cinema, and he called me and asked me. I said, oh, the manager's name is John. He will tell you this amount. He's lying. No. <laughs> tell him this amount. He said, thank you. Praise the Lord. Another one went to another cinema. I knew that cinema, you can't do church there. I know all the reasons. See, I'll be veteran. No? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when I saw the flyer, I was just like, ah, your good friend, just ask. So they did one month and they couldn't continue. I said, is this right? But it's God's idea. Say we may say association. So get involved. Stop that idea of being in church. You don't know anybody. Build relationships here. And I'm not talking about toasting girls because some, some of you, that's the only relationship you know. The moment someone is saying hi to you, as an opposite sex, he likes me. You start telling people, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then make sure you protect the purpose of that relationship. When you hang out, when you're done, you say, can we pray? Let's say a word of prayer to pray. And you say, next week, can we pray 30 minutes together? Oh, can we pray? You know what? I'm going through this tough time. Can you agree with me for one hour? That's how to build relationships. Please, are you listening to me? Another thing you must master is being pastorable. Listen, a church is not just a gathering of friends. There is something called ministry gifts. <laughs> if there is no ministry gift, if there is no body everyone is accountable to, it's just you are hanging out. You're hanging out. You know, I've seen some funny people. They say, okay, we just come together as friends. We don't go to church. We just share the word. I say, who is the spiritual authority here? They say, nobody. We just, so someone will say, the Bible says, the person will now say, from where I see it. So there is no conviction, no authority. No, that's rubbish. That's not God's plan. Hallelujah. He says, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. He gave some apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. He knows what's good for you. He, do you understand? He, if he didn't think you needed one, he wouldn't say it. With due respect to the bad experiences you've had in the past, some people no longer know how to be pastored. They, they don't just know. Especially, you know, when we were growing up, there weren't as many great churches, let's be honest. And it's not really... A... Let me put it this way. I recognize what God has done for the body of Christ. In a country like this that had so many idols and idol worshippers and all of that, when the gospel came here, 
What God wanted to emphasize is that there is a higher power, in fact, and there is no power greater than the name of Jesus. And so churches emphasize the miraculous and all of that. Low on theology, high on power. But in our day, there is going to be that balance. Say loud, amen. amen. So I don't undermine the labels of the people in the past. But you know what I'm saying? In the church then, if you wanted to grow spiritually, you had to buy books. <laughs> because if you feed only on what you hear in church, you won't know anything. So you will buy Kenneth Hagin. Many of us were pastored by Kenneth Hagin. You know what I'm saying now. You had church, but you were pastored by Kenneth Hagin. And then you grow to a certain point. So you come to church, the pastor is talking, and you are sieving. I don't agree with that one. I agree that one. The pastor will say something. You say, oh, I know the book he read. Is this book, Triumphant Church, page 30. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you are not really used to someone who knows the word of God enough to tutor you. And so even when you come into such an assembly, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. You're, you're, you're just... just a, you, you, you don't know how to submit. You don't know how to be accountable. You know, I was, I was walking past after the midweek service, and someone told me, oh, this lady, she's been here for NYSE one year. You know, she's relocating back to Lagos. And I'm, I'm like, ah. So if you didn't tell me, I just wouldn't have seen her on Sunday, seen her the next Sunday, and I'll be wondering what happened. Some people are not just trained to say, oh, pastor, Thank you for all that you've done. It's been a wonderful one year. I'm going. You know, so, so some people are not just used to that. Some are not pastorable. The day you correct them, that's the last time you will see them. They can't be corrected. I've told you, ladies, never marry a man who has no honor or fear for anyone else. Even his dad cannot talk to him. His pastor cannot talk to him. You know, when he loses his mind and you have no one to call, that's when you will know you made a mistake. And the sad reality is, as a pastor, even when you talk about very salient issues like this, some will still not listen. I was talking to a lady last week and I was almost in tears because she said the person that she wanted to get married to, everybody knew was a fool. Everybody. She said, on the day of the wedding, the pastor still asked her, are you sure? The pastor wedding them all. He said, are you sure? If you change your mind, we'll handle it. He asked her. It was so serious that he didn't, you know, they usually ask, is there anyone here who has any? He didn't ask because he knew someone would stand up. <laughs> That's what she told me. She still married him. Two years after, they've gotten a divorce. So I'm like, why? You know why? Even though she had a pastor, she had not given the permission to the pastor to say, I won't allow you to destroy your life. You won't marry this guy. Why will a pastor marry a couple and you know that this thing will not work? Because some people are like that. The moment you correct them, you know what? We just see they will go to another church to go and marry. Of which I don't mind. <laughs> but don't be like that. Hallelujah. Have friends. Have... 
there's a way you can have structure and security in your life. You can't misbehave. And you just call your friend. Um, your friend says, Half I want to see you tomorrow. She I won't be around. Okay, I'll just come next tomorrow. I won't be around. Where are you going? I'm out for the weekend. Ah uh-uh. ah. Is it is it work? No. Is it school? No. Where are you going? Uh, there's one girl. One girl. Weekend. You will not go. You know. <laughs> I'm pointing at you. Sorry. <laughs> you need friends like that. That will carry your bag, carry your phone. You are not going anywhere. Guys who will say, shine your eye, this girl, now your money, she define. <laughs> or let me make it the other way now. <laughs> shine your eye, this boy, is he responsible? He, w- <laughs> he will never marry you. You, 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 are, you are very likely number six in his life. Do you have real friends? Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> one of the trying th- times I went through in, in the past week, a pastor I love very much. <laughs> Came, uh, okay, so Tuesday, went to the office. I think walked all day. Came for midweek service. Got home. All that was on my mind was to sleep. And then the pastor friend's wife is in my sitting room. And she said, my husband has been kidnapped. Hey. See, that's pastor work. Prayer has started. Impromptu vigil. I prayed with her, spoke in tongues about an hour, planned to sleep for a while, wake up and continue praying. <laughs> Those who know, know, they are just laughing. <laughs> yeah, the story is deeper. But, and then, because this country is, is you have no government. You are, uh, do you know? I said it. Mm-hmm. It's theoretical gov- governance. So you have to, you provide your own security. You provide your, you have to be watchful. It's a failed state. So for now, it's sense not to travel by road. Traveling by road, do you know what it means? For an entire bus to be hijacked by kidnappers, kidnap 18 people at once, march them into the forest, in this nation. Then, two days after, somebody came and said, Pastor, me and six other church members want to go in one vehicle. To Lagos. I say, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> I say, as your pastor, I forbid you. I forbid that trip. I have the privilege. Ah, maybe you don't know what I go through. And then you don't understand African parents. They might be watching you. Oh, watch how you go, celebration church. When something goes wrong, that's when you will know they have my number. <laughs> I don't want to give you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll read two texts and then we close. Time is fast spent. You know why time is fast spent? Because of the choir. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5.12. Please, have you learned anything? 
1 Thessalonians 5.12. Are you there? Is it up on the screen? I want you to highlight it in your Bible. It's so important. It says, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. So there are some people who have that oversight over you in the Lord. Spiritual authority is what he's talking about. He says, recognize them. There's a difference between friendship and mentorship. Understand the difference. Listen. Are you with me? And I over you in the Lord. He says, and admonish you. He says to us, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Esteem them highly. Some of you, you only esteem people based on carnal things. You see an elderly person old enough to be your dad because he's a cleaner in the office. Yeah, how are you doing? But then you see a young person, young enough to be your younger brother because he drives a G-Wagon. He's a good morning, sir. Hallelujah. Then you see someone with the grace of God on his life. Who do you honor? What points you to who to honor? What do you value in life? He said, esteem them highly. Hallelujah. Don't attend a church and still be pastorless. You know it's possible. Submit yourself to pastoring. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the same 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 2, verse 19, it says, For what is our hope or joy or crown or rejoicing? Is not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? So now this is the perspective. I've, I've labored so much over you. You have grown so much. I cannot wait to see what Jesus will say about you. I, I want the privilege to be able to be close enough to hear what he will say. Because you have become my crown, my rejoicing. This is, this is what you say when you have oversight over people. Hallelujah. Don't despise the opportunity to be mentored. Don't despise association. Hallelujah. Have you learned anything? Rise to your feet. Let's just pray briefly. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings. <music> <music>